This is 89.1 WEMU, and I'm David Fair. And I have a question for you. With all of the focus on achieving carbon neutrality in Ann Arbor by the year 2030, how much progress do you think we've made in reducing greenhouse gas emissions so far? Well, the question is far more complex than I thought, and certainly more complex than it may appear on the surface. Answers vary depending on context. Well, welcome to WEMU's Issues of the Environment. It's our regular Wednesday conversation series. The city of Ann Arbor has created an online dashboard so we can follow progress and better determine where improvements are needed. Our guest today is in the middle of the questions and answers, and Thea Jaeger-Linner serves as Senior Energy Analyst for the city of Ann Arbor. And thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. In taking a 10,000-foot view for a moment, how would you assess progress toward meeting the 2030 goal of achieving carbon neutrality? I think when we look at progress, one, it's important to look at uh, a variety of factors. The driving factor is obviously our emissions levels. The city of Ann Arbor set a goal in 2019 and 2020 to reach carbon neutrality by 2030. Since then, our emissions are uh, about the same in 2022 as they were in 2019, but we can also look at other metrics of progress as well. Uh, The city of Ann Arbor's carbon neutrality plan is based on uh, equity and being transformative. Uh, We have a lot of projects in the works that that focus on moving those items forward as well. And I think if we look at progress uh, in reducing uh, gas emissions between the years 2000 and 2019, it provides a little context. During that period of time, that 19-year period, we saw a 25% drop. Given that the city didn't declare the climate emergency, as you mentioned, until November of 2019, that seems pretty significant. To what do you attribute those previous declines? Yeah, so there's a few main drivers that we see uh, moving those emissions reductions. First off is the carbon intensity or how much greenhouse gas emissions are associated with the electricity that we use. Uh, We've seen the grid get cleaner and use less coal since uh, 2000 and 2015. We've also seen the cars that we drive on the road get more efficient, uh, and that's been a driver as well. And you mentioned that uh, since 2019, there's not been a lot of reduction. So I do want to cover what we saw in the pandemic. When the state shut down, there were very few cars out on the roads. People were homebound. Many businesses shut down, or at least were having employees work remotely. We all saw the pictures from around the country and around the world where typically small gridden areas had clear skies and the air was measuring cleanest in memory. What were we measuring in Ann Arbor during the pandemic? Yeah, so Google has come out with a very useful data source that tracks pretty much real-time, year-over-year vehicles' miles traveled Mm -hmm. in our cars. Uh, And so we were able to see during the pandemic those vehicle miles traveled drop significantly, over 30%. Uh, We also saw perhaps a shift in where we're using energy out of our commercial buildings and into uh, residential buildings. I will caveat and and say residential energy use really tracks with how hot and how cold it is outside. And so those fluctuations could also be affiliated with the weather that we are experiencing and having it be hotter in general. We're talking uh, with City of Ann Arbor Senior Energy Analyst Thea Jaeger-Liner. This is WEMU's Issues of the Environment. I'm glad you mentioned uh, the buildings because I think most of us probably think that the greatest source of greenhouse gas emissions comes in the area of transportation, but it is in our buildings, isn't it? Yes, it is as well. 
The new online dashboard tracks the various sources of emissions and the progress toward carbon neutrality. How do we in the community use this tool to make some sustainable decisions in our personal lives, at home, and as we move out and about? Yeah, I think one of the biggest changes that we can make is the vehicles or the miles that we travel in our vehicles. Uh, Working from home policies actually have a huge impact on emissions and how you get to work every day can really make a difference, whether that's advocating for working from home or like taking public transit, driving an EV or riding your bike. I know it's not the most sexiest thing, but also reducing (laughs) how much energy your building uses, whether you're renting or you own a home, pursuing energy efficiency improvements is really significant and saves money in the long run. And there has been a lot of investment in energy efficiency, both from the state, from the city, from Washtenaw County. There have been programs available to help people who might have difficulty affording it get to a higher level of energy efficiency, isn't there? Yes. Uh, There are some great resources out there. The federal government has a tax credit for pursuing those improvements. There are lots of programs out there for low-income residents. We also have some programs upcoming that I'm really excited about. The city passed the Community Climate Action Millage in November. Uh, One of the things that unlocks is the ability for the city to provide rebates to residents to pursue energy efficiency improvements. We also are seeing the Inflation Reduction Act rebates come out as well. Um, We expect those in the next year or or two to start to be available with some really significant uh, financial incentives for residents as well. Once again, we're talking with Thea Jaeger-Lenner on 89.1 WEMU's Issues of the Environment. She is a senior energy analyst for the city of Ann Arbor. I'm glad you brought up the millage uh, because this effort to get to carbon neutrality is multifaceted and touches on so many different programs and aspects of the way we live, and it requires that financial investment. Uh, As you mentioned, in November of 2022, the Ann Arbor voters passed the millage. It provides roughly $7 million a year for a period of 20 years. Now, obviously, that's a time frame that extends well beyond the 2030 goal for neutrality. Is that enough money, or will the city perhaps have to look at borrowing against future collections of that millage to increase near-term investment to achieve its goals? You know, that's a great question. It is, for the city, an unprecedented amount of funding to work towards uh, these important goals, and it's certainly exciting. There are also some really large investments that would need to happen. While the goal for carbon neutrality is set for 2030, that includes pursuing things like offsets to fill the gap in emissions. If the city hasn't achieved that yet, there's still going to be a lot of work that needs to happen after the year 2030. Uh, Things like electrifying our vehicles and our buildings. Uh, And so that funding going past 2030 is, is important. And then depending on the projects that we're looking at, the city looks at leveraging uh, federal funding, grants, uh, and, uh, and other sources to, to pursue programs as well. When it comes from so many different angles in trying to achieve this really significant uh, environmental sustainability goal, how important is communication between city departments, city employees, in making sure that everybody is on the same page, focused in the right direction, and uh, moving towards the ultimate goal of neutrality? Yeah, I think communication is really important. Uh, I think it's important for the community to know where they can engage in carbon neutrality and what actions that they can take will have the highest impact uh, and resources available to them to help support them on making Uh, those changes. Uh, One program that we're working on right now is the city's home energy advisor 
to help provide some of that uh, information to residents. Based on all you know today, Thea, and all you can reasonably project based on the information you have at hand, is 2030 a reachable goal for carbon neutrality in Ann Arbor? I think it has to be. I think we have to have an audacious goal and uh, commit the resources to achieving that goal. The 2030 goal for Ann Arbor is a science-based target. Uh, That means that it takes into account, one, the reduction emissions that have to happen to uh, keep temperature changes under 1.5 degrees. It also takes into account the level of affluence that nations like the U.S. have and cities like Ann Arbor have, and it's an equitable goal as well. So I think it's more a question that we need to versus can we, uh, and having that goal helps us commit resources to doing so. Washtenaw County and many of the other communities in the area are also committed to uh, achieving carbon neutrality, but most of those goals are five years later, 2035. Uh, You know, the wind doesn't care what your zip code is. How much does the efforts of other communities impact Ann Arbor's abilities to get to its goals sooner? I think it's incredibly impactful. Uh, I think it's important for this work to happen at a regional scale and even greater than that, then hyperlocal is important as well. But I think when we start looking at change at the regional level is when it gets to be really, really impactful. I think having a relationship set up, uh, you know, emissions don't necessarily stop at boundaries. People commute, people uh, experience and go to other communities, uh, and we're not going to get this done alone. I thank you for the time and for sharing the information today. I'm most grateful. Thank you. That is Thea Jaeger-Lenner, and she serves as the City of Ann Arbor's Senior Energy Analyst and has been our guest on Issues of the Environment. We have a lot more information for you, and you'll find all of it with links to get you to where you need to go on our website at wemu.org. Issues of the Environment is produced in partnership with the Office of the Washtenaw County Water Resources Commissioner. I'm David Fair, and this is your community NPR station, 891 WEMU-FM, Ypsilanti.